Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Today is September 28th, 2021, and our first story, Democrats begin their panic as Joe Biden's failing agenda and collapsing approval rate signal a crushing defeat in the midterms. Still a year away, we'll see how it plays out. In our next story, protesters fed up with vaccine mandates storm into a mall chanting USA, USA. The collapse is in front of us, my friends. Replacing nurses with National Guard is getting scary. And in our last story, Mark Milley and other top military brass say they warned Biden about the collapse of Afghanistan. Biden lied. It's a complicated issue, but we'll break it down. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review. Give us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. All things considered, with as crazy as everything has been, there is still some semblance of good news in that Democrats are absolutely worried. The failures of Joe Biden and the Democratic agenda, the inability to appoint good judges will result in a total collapse of the Democratic Party in 2022 in the midterms. Republicans might actually take the Senate and the House. Now, we don't know for sure, but Democrats are certainly worried. Independent voters are turning away in large numbers. And this is reflected in the approval rating of Joe Biden, which over the past several weeks has continued to tank, now reaching a new all time low, according to several polls, and also extremely low in aggregate across the board. What does this mean? Well, I got to be honest, I'm not the most optimistic individual when it comes to the Republican Party. Certainly, people might come out and vote for Republicans, but if it's just the same old thing, then this doesn't change much. When people vote Republican, what happens? The, Democrat, the Democratic agenda just kind of pauses. When people vote Democrat, the Democrats swing the wrecking ball and shatter things and burn them down. Now, there is potential that among the new victors in the Republican Party, with many of the establishment Republicans either leaving, panicking, you know, retiring, we're going to get a wave of populist Republicans, people more in line with Donald Trump's agenda. Certainly, this could light a fire under the left and the Democrats, causing Democrats to rich, re retain control of the Senate and the House. Or it could result in real meaningful opposition to the disastrous Democratic agenda. As I'm recording this, there is a large conversation happening around, you know, military advisors and Joe Biden. And we're learning that Biden has lied to the American people on numerous occasions. He has no real plan for COVID. It just seems to be getting worse. Hence, you're see seeing this tank in his approval rating. The economy is facing shortages, food shortages, gas shortages, labor shortages, with no sign of improvement. And we still have to sit through this for another year. 
which brings me to the inverse of this. A year in political terms may as well be eternity. So as much as right now we're seeing all of this bad news for the Democrats, they could certainly turn things around in the year they have to try and retain control of Congress. Now, the Republicans do have the Supreme Court, and that means with new rulings coming, Supreme Court with a conservative majority might actually light a fire under the Democrats, and we may see Democrats hold everything. Suffice it to say, though, the articles are starting to appear. Even CNN is saying Democrats will panic the moment they get this one poll. Clickbait, I know. What could that poll be? Well, we have one poll from uh, one article from Yahoo saying Joe Biden is tanking among black voters. Why? Vaccine mandates. Interestingly, in a viral video, there's an NBA player who's saying, look, I've looked into the data. I don't think it's right for me. An incredibly intelligent smackdown of these reporters. Now, I've seen a lot of people go toe to toe with some of the press, not having good answers, but having the right heart. Now, this guy nailed it, saying I'm not I'm, I'm healthy. I have antibodies. And you see right now, Joe Biden is the one who came out and said it. The black community is skeptical of the government. They don't trust the government. Now, he said Tuskegee Airmen, which are, you know, who are World War II heroes when he meant the Tuskegee experiments. But I think we all get the point. Joe Biden, Democrat, leader of his party, comes out and says, we get it. The black community does not trust the government, especially when it comes to vaccine mandates. And that means that's going to seriously impact their polling. So there's a lot that's got to happen. The Republicans got to get out and do the groundwork, go door to door, knocking on doors. The Democrats, of course, are going for rule changes. California is making vote by mail, universal mail and voting permanent. And many other places are fighting for the same. Republicans aren't even stop, aren't even getting rid of COVID era rules on elections and securing their elections. So who knows what could happen? Ta- top it all off with gerrymandering. And we just don't know. What we do know is right now, bad, bad news for Democrats. Excellent sign for Republicans with a long way to go before this race is anywhere near over. In fact, the midterm races haven't really even begun yet. But let's take a look at what's going on with Joe Biden's approval rating, why it's tanking, how people feel. And, and surprisingly, COVID plays a big role in this. People feel like Joe Biden ain't doing anything and it's just getting worse. You got to imagine when Biden comes out and says, if you get vaccinated, no masks, then everyone says, OK. Then he comes out and says, wear a mask anyway and get a booster. People feel like we're going backwards. At that point, they say, you know what? I'm done with this guy. We need someone who can solve these problems. Well, let's read this before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com to become a member and get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an ad-free experience when you peruse our amazing, fierce, and independent journalism. When you, when you sign up for TimCast.com, you're supporting our expansion, our hiring. We recently hired another individual. Building culture is one of our biggest goals. We don't just want to say, here's a bad thing that happened. We want to say, like, here's our values Trans, you know, translated into the things we do, the way we live, the, the, the feelings we have, the, the things we believe in, the people we believe in. And so your support helps us build that culture out, too. To a lot of people, it may seem silly, but I tell you this. Politics is downstream from culture. And in essence, politics is irrelevant to the conversation. Judges will rule only if they feel it's so socially acceptable. Their opinions are swayed by the culture of the day, which means if we aren't inspiring young people standing up for freedom and translating that freedom into fun, then we're losing that culture war. Amazing. We're in a culture war. And still, what do we get? Conservatives fighting a political battle in a culture war. Not everybody, but let's get on that. So go to TimCast.com, become a member, subscribe to this channel, hit the like button, 
Share the show with your friends. We got the first story from Gallup. Just about a week ago, Biden's approval rating hits new low of 43%. But here's the news. Harris's is 49%. The reason this matters is that Democrats are betting big on Kamala Harris. The Hill says Democrats see Harris as a major player in the midterms. Why? Well, some people say it's because Joe Biden won't be president by the midterms. Well, we'll see. Perhaps that'd be crazy. Others say it's because Joe Biden's approval rating is so low. If we had to choose who's going to be campaigning on behalf of of our congressional Democrats, it ain't going to be the guy who's at 43 percent. We got a lady at 49 percent, right? Still underwater across the board. But let's be real. With independent voters turning on Joe Biden, Kamala Harris is a safer bet. Gallup says eight months after President Joe Biden's inauguration, his job approval rating has fallen six percentage points to 43 percent, the lowest of his presidency, a new all-time low. For the first time, a majority, 53%, now disapproves of Biden's performance. That is, however, only among Gallup's polling. Wait till you see the civics polls and the real clear politics. But they say his findings are from September 1st to 17th. Gallup poll that was conducted after the U.S. military evacuated more than 120,000 people from Afghanistan. The United States' exit from the nation's longest war was marred by the Taliban's quick takeover of most of the country. So, so this we understand. The latest drop in Biden's job approval score is the second significant decline seen since June. Biden's honeymoon ratings near 55% first faltered in July, falling to 50 amid rising COVID cases. Midway through the most recent polls uh, field period, as U.S. COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations and deaths continue to rise, Biden announced new directives to limit the spread of the disease, including vaccine requirements for private sector businesses, healthcare workers, and federal government, empl- uh, federal government contractors. Except for Donald Trump, every U.S. president since Harry Truman has enjoyed a honeymoon period characterized by above average approval ratings upon taking office. Biden's recent slides in approval put him in the company of Trump and Bill Clinton, whose ratings were at or below Biden's current 43% at some point in the first eight months of their presidency. However, by September 1993, Clinton's approval ratings began to recover an average 50% that month. Thus, among elected presidents since World War II, only Trump has had a lower job approval rating than Biden does at a similar point in their presidencies. Independents show greatest decline in approval of Biden. This is big, my friends. This is it. You see, Republicans, of course, they don't like Joe Biden. Democrats, of course, they support Joe Biden. The independent voters are the people you need to convince to vote against them because they're the ones bouncing back and forth. I supported Democrats in the Democratic presidential primary. Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard. I really wanted to see them win despite their faults. I was hoping that if we could get someone like Tulsi or Yang in office, we could real, we could force a correction of the Democratic Party away from the crackpot far left and woke garbage. It didn't work. They opted for establishment crony with a woke edge trying to unify the party. Well, I don't have anything to do with that. So I said, look, I like Trump's agenda. We're going Republican straight ticket for the first time ever. But you know what? I'm not even a fan of that. At this point, I think that the Republicans are a speed bump, which won't do anything. And I'm looking at the Mises caucus because I stand on principle. Do I think they can win? Honestly, in some areas, yes, I do. Maybe a congressional seat here or there. The presidency, not as optimistic, but my hopes and dreams don't matter when it comes to my principles. And I actually really, I I would say this. Do I agree with the Mises caucus guys 100%? No, but I will tell you first and foremost, Dave Smith, Michael Malice, 
I would take any day of the week over the Republicans or the Democrats, especially with Michael Malice, press secretary. This country needs a cold splash of water in the face, a wake up call. However, that being said, there are some things Republicans can do. If we see populist, more libertarian types, people like Rand Paul, for instance, running Republican, I might say freedom is the most important issue for me. So that's who I'm going to vote for over the Democrats. The problem with the Democrats is that even if they bring in someone who is moderate and reasonable and plays to my sensibilities and liberty, and there are some. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They're going to bend the knee to, to Nancy Pelosi or whoever ends up, you know, leading the establishment. So I don't trust them to do the right thing. And I really do not see any circumstance at all where I would vote Democrat. It's not going to happen. I, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I saw what happened in 2018. Moderate Democrats said we're running. I didn't think they could win. They did. And then immediately they go for the, the, the culture war route. So they say this. Democrats' approval of, of the job Biden is doing has remained high and not varied by more than eight points since he took office. Their highest rating of Biden was 98% in late January, early February, and their lowest is the current 90%. Republicans' ratings of Biden are similarly stable at, at the other extreme, ranging from 12% in February and July to 6% this month. Independents have shown the greatest variation in their opinions of how Biden is doing. Biden's current 37% approval rating among independents, is his lowest to date and 24 points below his personal high of 61. Two thirds of Biden's slide among independents since he took office has occurred in the past three months. Look at this. Biden started with a honeymoon phase among independents, 61% approval. Now it's at 37. That is brutal. But let's let's go beyond Gallup. Okay, let's go beyond Gallup. The important factor is independence. Let's take a look at real clear politics. Now, I like to use the aggregate polling more than anything else, simply because I think it paints a better picture. You've got here Monmouth saying he's above water. You've got even what is this? Fox News? Is that Fox, Fox News saying Biden's plus one of all outlets. But you look at Rasmussen, the latest 40 percent approval, 58 percent disapproval. Trump didn't have a honeymoon phase. They just hated him from the get go. But Joe Biden's lost it. Can we really sustain this country with another president who is mostly disapproved? Now, you can sit here and tell me you liked Trump and all that stuff. That's fine. You can sit here and tell me you like Biden. I'm saying if most people are saying they don't approve of him, take into consideration. Also take into consideration, you've got likely voters, registered voters, you know, and it's, it's sample sizes. So it's not perfect. 
Rasmussen, 40 to 58. That is massive. That's seriously, seriously massive. And then we have here Reuters Ipsos, 44 approval to 51% disapproval. This is bad, bad news. Over at Civics, we can see that independent voters absolutely are leading the charge with a 59% disapproval and only a 30% approval among 105,546 responses. Now, that's not a definitive proof. You can look at Gallup. Gallup says 37 approval. Or you can choose civics. I'm not going to tell you which one's the right one. I use multiple polls to try and show some balance. Real Clear Politics, I think, does it. I think does a better job showing the aggregate. But independent voters are the ones who will decide the midterms. Take a look at this. I love it. From CNN. This poll number will send Democrats into a panic from Chris Eliza of all outlets. Even CNN is saying, guys, pay attention. The single biggest indicator of how the 2022 midterm elections will go is how the both parties, the two parties think is how they think about President Joe Biden, which uh, if you're a Democrat candidate looking toward trying to win a race in a swing state or district in November, the latest bad news on that came a Thursday in a new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll. Biden's approval in the survey slid all the way to 43, a drop of six points. His disapproval shot up to 51%. Those numbers for Biden and Democrats are bad, obviously, but there's another number buried in that question that should worry them even more. And it's this. 41% of people said they strongly disapprove of the job Biden is doing, while just 19% strongly approve of how he's handling his job as president. What that number suggests is that there is a major passion gap between the two party bases. Democrats like Biden, some even love him, but Republicans hate him and independents, with 82% saying they strongly disapprove of how he's doing his job. That sort of energy disparity between the two party bases is, if history is any guide, a recipe for disaster for Democratic candidates for Congress. This from Gallup's Jeffrey Jones saying, quote, in Gallup's polling history, Presidents with job approval ratings below 50% have seen their party lose 37 House seats on average in midterm elections. That compares with an average loss of 14 seats when presidents had approval ratings above 50%. So they are on track for a midterm smackdown, no matter what happens. With Biden's approval rating this bag, the bad, the panic is a satin in from the Hill. And I love this too. Take a look at the ground news bias-o-meter. That's what I call it where you can see which outlets are reporting this. 63% of the outlets reporting Democratic panic come from the left. 12 are moderate and 25% are Republicans. Panic begins to creep into Democratic talks on Biden agenda. His agenda is a failing, my friends. So here's what we need, a tremendous opportunity. As we enter the midterm cycle, we are a few months away from 2022, and then we got until November. What we need to do is make sure primaries are happening. We got Sean Parnell running in Pennsylvania. Good dude. Let's see him win the primary. I am not going to be voting for any establishment crony shill. I will probably not be voting for any incumbent. But if you get a more politically initiated populist candidate on the Republican ticket, you'll get my vote. Because if they come to me and say something about, you know, conservative issues, I'll be like, look, man, I may disagree with you on some of those, you know, uh, tax issues or, uh, or or economic issues. But if you're about freedom, you're going to defend us from this indoctrination and this tyranny and the woke. 
I'd prefer freedom over authoritarianism any day. And that's why I say populist. That's why I won't vote for establishment neocon garbage. If you've got one of these, you know, these, these guys in office who have been sitting in office for a long time, they don't do anything, not interested. You bring me a populist who says, I'm here to represent my constituents, then I'll say, okay, I'll vote for that. We'll see, though. While the Hill says panic begins to creep, they say, well, the Democrats aren't panicking yet. It's just a sense of urgency and frustration among lawmakers as the budget deal is, you know, the, the deal is nowhere in sight. I do think it's funny that's like, it's not panic. It's just frustration and a sense of urgency. And I'm like, are you describing panic to me? Yeah, the Democrats are panicking. Now, I'm not going to pretend like this is them pulling their hair out, screaming and banging on walls just yet. There's different degrees to which there may be panic. But when the mainstream media is coming out, when The Hill is coming out, when Axios releases a poll saying Biden trust takes a blow as COVID lingers, you better believe they are starting to worry behind the scenes. And why do I say panic? It's because I've already seen the tweets from establishment shills saying, guys, this is it. If we lose the midterms, it's all over. They're acting like it's all Donald Trump. Biden is losing when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the economy, when it comes to the Democratic agenda. And Biden is losing among black voters. From the National Review, Biden's approval rating among black voters falls after private sector vaccine mandate. They report Biden's favor among black voters dropped substantially between an initial poll conducted between September 6th and 8th, just before Biden's mandate and a second poll taken from September 18th to 20th of more than 1,000 black voters. The second poll revealed that 71% of black voters approve of Biden's performance, down five points since the mandate. The share who disapproved rose seven points to 24%. 37% said they strongly approve of his performance, while 14% said they strongly disapprove. The president's net approval rating, a measure of the share who approve his job performance minus the share who disapprove, has dropped 12% among black voters. Biden announced earlier this month his administration would develop rules to compel large companies to mandate coronavirus vaccines. It's part of a larger initiative, this we understand. They're going to say that 38% of black voters who say they have not received a COVID-19 vaccine disapprove of the president's job performance. Black Americans are the least likely of all racial and ethnic demographics to have received a COVID-19 vaccine. The survey results come days after Black Lives Matter. Organizers claimed New York City's vaccine mandate has disenfranchised black people, and they are correct that it did. Quote, being a doctor does not protect you from anti-blackness. Having a vaccination card does not protect you from discrimination. The 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibits the actions of carmines. It says it is illegal to discriminate against you on the basis of race. Newsom's uh, said, Shavona Newsom, Newsom's remarks were made during a protest at Carmine's restaurant. So you, you saw this story. We covered it. Just another example of how Joe Biden is losing support among key demographics. Newsweek says, as Biden popularity falls, Democrats fear losing the Senate and 30 to 50 House seats. Wow, man, this one could be big. A majority in both uh, in both houses, or I'm sorry, I should say in both in the uh, chambers. There you go. That's the right word. Upper and lower. And what do we hear from uh, our, our good friend Daniel Turner? He's been on the show several times over at Tim Castile. He said, if I believe it was Daniel, I may be wrong. He said, when the Republicans take back the House and the Senate, they should abolish the filibuster and just ram everything through. You know what? I get it. Boy, are we in trouble. Here's why. 
The Democrats aren't getting rid of the filibuster, mainly because of Manchin and Cinema, West Virginia and Arizona. Moderate Democrats saying we're not going to play into that stuff. If the Democrats just ram through their agenda, Republicans will. The, the, the hyperpartisan divide in this country will just get worse. If Republicans do it, divide will get worse. If the Republicans don't do it, they will just effectively be sitting on their hands doing nothing as Democrats rule by edict. So what do you do? Personally, I think, I suppose there's no answer. I'm not a fan of, of, I think the filibuster is a good thing. I think we need compromise. But if only one side is willing to do so, we're in trouble. We're absolutely in trouble. Over at CNN, they say Democrats look to Virginia governor race for early signs of trouble in 2020. The Virginia gubernatorial race between Democratic Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin is highlighting early warning signs for Democrats about what lies ahead. Yeah, the polling is really good for Glenn Youngkin, a Republican in a state just like almost entirely Democratic from Bloomberg Law. Midterm fears quicken pace on Biden judicial nominations. So it is a coming, my friends. And the Democrats have one potential saving grace from real clear, real clear politics. Trump admits the midterms are about him, not the GOP. Well, there you go. Could you imagine? And I hope this happens. It won't. But how glorious would it be if the Republicans win the House and then nominate Donald Trump as Speaker of the House? And then Donald Trump is approved as Speaker of the House. Just it would it would be amazing. I don't think Trump would do it. Bannon mentioned it. I think it would be hilarious and be fun to see. I don't think that's going to happen. However, if Donald Trump really is the defining factor in the midterms, Republicans are in trouble because nothing lights a fire under Democrats more than the orange man. Real Clear Politics says, Nearly nine months after Trump cost the GOP two Senate seats in a runoff election in Georgia and handed control of the upper chamber of Democrats, Republicans heard him tacitly endorse Democrat Stacey Abrams for governor Saturday night in the Peach State. As outrageous as it is to Republicans and as damaging as it is to their turnout strategy in next year's midterm election, the comment isn't surprising. While Trump was in Georgia to tout the candidates he has endorsed for Senate, Secretary of State Lieutenant Governor, he spent time, just as he did in January, attacking the governor, Brian Kemp. Trump has yet to find a primary challenger to run against Kemp, and Abrams is believed to be prepping for another run against him. Stacey, would you like to take his place? The former president said, it's okay with me. It wasn't just an aside, a moment of Trumpian exuberance, because he also said this, of course, having her, I think, might be better than having your existing governor. If you want to know the truth, might very well be better. Wow. This wasn't the first time Trump has expressed support for Democrats running against Republicans who either voted for his impeachment or have defied his big lie and backed the legitimate results of the election. Referring last week to Rep. David Volado, who voted to impeach him, Trump said in a radio interview, The John Fredericks Show, I would almost rather have a Democrat win than those people. I agree with Donald Trump. Depending on the Democrat. Look, I'll take a, a moderate who reluctantly says fine to the Democrats than liars. At least you can look at the Democrat and say, you know what you get with them. These Republicans who are just ceding to the Democrats, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing, but I'll be completely honest. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. If they're going to be voting for Democrats, they're Democrats. If these Republicans are voting along with Democrats, they're Democrats. So it's not about whether a Republican wins. It's about the fact that they're Republicans in name only, like most of the Republicans who don't really do anything. Or I suppose that's actually indicative of what the Democrats do represent. So uh, sure, perhaps the reality is that's what Democrats represent. And these Republicans, they're just Democrats as it is. Okay, then. Then I don't know who to vote for. You better come out, show me some populists. Over at Fox News, they say, with 13 months until the midterms, four senators mum on if they're returning for re-election in 2022. They say, while that may seem like a long time to go, the race has long been well underway with contenders announcing their candidacies, fundraising in full swing, and campaign ads already running in hot contests across the country. Republicans are defending 20 of the 34 Senate seats up for grabs next year, but they need a net gain of just one seat to win back the majority in the chamber. They lost when the Democrats swept January's twin Georgia runoff. The oldest member of the Senate, Chuck Grassley, on Friday said he would seek re-election next year to another six-year term. Chairman Ron Johnson talks with, uh, with, uh, talks with a reporter before Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee on December 16th. Johnson has yet to say if he's seeking a third term in the 2022 midterms. Johnson vowed in 2016 to only serve two terms, but he's left open the possibility of running again. I have plenty of time to make that decision. He may actually bow out. John Thune, a Republican. John Thune speaks during. A, oh, so, so they say he has a Senate minority who is Senate minority whip. The number two Republican in the chamber has not said if he'll run in 2022 for a fourth term. Lisa Murkowski, Patrick Leahy, a Democrat from Vermont. So we've got potentially three Republicans who might not seek reelection. Republicans have to have a net gain of one. And this is bad. Incumbencies tend to do better. But we'll see. Now, I won't say it's, it's uh, overall bad, however. I actually think we should get all the incumbents out. So I look forward to seeing what happens. You know, if, if uh, Lisa Murkowski's out, don't care. John Thune and Ron Johnson. Okay, fine, whatever. Primary them. Let's see someone better. How about John Parnell? Is the guy perfect? Oh, come on, let's not be silly. I wouldn't call anybody perfect. N- neither would you. But he's a good dude. And I think he would do a tremendously better job than the establishment politicians. That's why they don't like the guy. The establishment is not a fan and Trump endorsed Sean. So I look forward to seeing him win in Pennsylvania. And if they can flip any seat, if they can take control in any jurisdiction, I think I think they're, they're dealing with a retirement in Pennsylvania. So this should be interesting. We'll see. Over at Jacobin, got to give a shout out to the Jacobins. Democrats will probably lose the midterms, but they don't have to. Yeah, they'll probably lose. They don't have to, but it's what they would have to do to win is just, I don't think it's going to happen. 
What you need to understand is that let, let, me, let me tell you about this movie phenomenon. I remember when Pirates of the Caribbean came out. I did not go and see it in theaters. I didn't know what it was. I didn't care, whatever. I heard great things, though. People were like, dude, it's so good. You got to see it. So I saw it on DVD. I mean, this was a long time ago, right? Now you'd be watching it on HBO Max or whatever. I saw it on DVD, and it was incredible. It was so good that when they announced a sequel, I went to the theaters to see it. But the sequel was not good. I thought it was bad. I thought it was campy. I thought instead of making a great story with good characters like they did in the first one, all they did was just try and rehash the same old jokes. And it was, it was like a hollow shell, a facade. Why does this matter? The Democrats don't have to lose, but people vote based on that facade. So right now you have taint. The Democratic Party has tainted their image. It doesn't matter if someone comes out and says, I'm going to fix this and do these things. They're going to be like, ah, Democrats. There's nothing you can do when the president in office is bad and people want opposition to the president. So they'll go out and they'll vote for Republicans. Not that I think the Republicans are going to solve any of these problems necessarily, but people, they're not voting, in my opinion, based off what you say. They're voting based off what they feel. Now, as for the Democrats, they feel ridiculous and wrong things because of the mainstream media. But many people and independent voters are going to be like, I don't feel good. I feel bad. Everything that's happening, the economy, I'm just tired of it. Donald Trump and the Republicans promised to reopen everything. I know people back in Illinois who are complaining about how bad it is with the restrictions and the masks and the vaccine mandates. They say, I just wanted to go back to normal. Okay. You're not going to get that with Democrats. With Democrats, it's more lockdowns. Guaranteed. Now, they'll blame everyone else. Only thing they know how to do is lock everything down. With Republicans, they'll probably slowly start reopening things. Not every single one, but make sure that they're in opposition to the establishment moves, and then there you go. So if you live in one of these swing states, and you're tired of the boot being on your neck, your only real option is to oppose the Democrats who are imposing these things. The challenge, I suppose, the reason I won't say to vote Republican, because Republicans may very well just be establishment and do nothing. They might actually come out and agree with the Democrats, in which case maybe supporting the Libertarian Party is your best bet. Here's what I think we need. I think we need like one Libertarian candidate to actually win. You know, uh, we, we've had some people switch parties. No, we need people to say, I choose something different from the two party machine. It's not easy. But if there's any congressional district that goes libertarian, that would send a message. A third party is possible. First, past the post voting. That's how that's what we have. One person, one vote. It's a bad system. It's bad. Sorry. There's a lot of things I like about this government the founding fathers came up with. But first, past the post is bad. We need something better than I vote against your guy. Parliamentary systems seem to be okay if there's a jurisdiction with, you know, 10% for one party and 50 for another and then 40 for another. Well, then that's how they apportion seats in parliament, right? Something like that. At least then you'll have some representation from the people. I think that's I think that makes a lot of sense. Right now we have politicians that don't represent anybody. They just they, they represent the 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 feelings of opposing the other side and then who knows what you get. I got to be honest, I'm surprised this country is functioning right now with this with this dysfunctional political system. But I don't know what's going to happen. A year is a long ways away. Right now, it's bad news for Democrats. Maybe Kamala Harris comes in, the 20, 25th Amendment. She then turns things around. Her approval rating goes up. And then we'll see. However, as the data shows, even with approval ratings for the president, they lose seats in the House. So we shall see. 
in the end, for now, bad news for Democrats. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. The system is in collapse. In New York, where they are expecting a shortage of medical workers due to the vaccine mandate, the governor is saying she'll bring in the National Guard if she has to. The media then says maybe she'll do it. She's considering it when she outright says that's her intent. And this and it is reported by numerous outlets. They do expect there to be a shortage. The media is too spineless to come out and tell you the government is planning on sending in National Guard to take over private sector jobs as they destroy the economy and these industries. Sooner or later, your homes will be owned by the state and your medication, your medical treatments will be administered by the state. So the news should just come out and say, Governor states she will deploy National Guard because there will be a shortage or at the very least, they expect a shortage due to firing all of these medical workers who refuse to get vaccinated. And so they will deploy the National Guard. It's the propagandists and the liars who are trying to defend the establishment, the state, the manipulation, the, the, the state capitalism, communism, fascism, whatever you want to call it. There are people who are actively, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, they're just doing this, just doing that, just doing this. Last year, it's just a mask. What's the big deal? Okay, you wear a mask. The funny thing is conservatives were the first ones wearing masks. And then when they started mandating them, people started saying, the right started saying, no, sure, whatever. But I had no problem with the mask. I was like, sure, fine. I don't care. I'll, if I, look, if I go to the store, I'll put the mask on. It's no big deal. It's a few seconds. But then it expanded to public buildings, to people working, you know, eight hours, had to wear it all day. Kids then had to wear it. And it's getting a little over the top. And I'm like, okay, guys, if you're sick, you wear a mask. We get it. Things are getting a little crazy. And a lot of people came out and said, first, it's mask mandates. Sooner or later, they're going to be mandating we get vaccines. And what did the establishment media say? What did the left say? Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're crazy. And now where are we? We're at a point where Joe Biden has come out and flat out said, you have to mandate vaccinations if your company has 100 or more employees. So what comes next? Oh, I think it's fairly obvious what comes next from here. Soon they're going to say all businesses will be required to mandate vaccination. All. Joe Biden's now saying you, we need 98% of people vaccinated to get back to normal. Oh, please. It was 70, then 80, and now 98%. I just, I've, I've, I've had it with, this, with these people. It is, it, is, it is so far beyond reproach. Many others have as well, but maybe not enough. In Staten Island, a group opposing indoor vaccine mandates stormed the food court on Staten Island. We also have many individuals, uh, many other protests. We have this from Cincinnati.com. Anti-vaccine protesters attempting to block highways will face felony charges. That's right. People in Cincinnati are saying they will shut down highways over the vaccine mandates. But there's a bunch of stories like this. The Columbus Dispatch Patriot sh uh, shutdown. Protesters threaten to block highways to protest COVID vaccine mandates. This, I believe, is since this is Columbus. OK, so um, no, no, no. OK, this this may be Cincinnati as well. But a lot of people are planning things like this. There are a lot of other protests. We've got this one. Protesters rallied against vaccine mandate in downtown Spokane. And, men, and and we've even seen in Santa Monica, people are outright saying no. The big story, I think, you know, that one that we covered the other day is that New York's planning on deploying the National Guard. 
So you, you guys need to realize what this means. Let me, let me ask you a question. If, um, if 10 years ago I said Donald Trump would be president, uh, that w- within a few years, Joe Rogan would be leading the charge defending freedom and people would storm into the Capitol disrupting the Electoral College vote. States would be banning travel from, to each other. People, uh, a guy with a communist tattoo would, would shoot and kill a Trump supporter in cold blood in the street. And that roving bands of far left extremists would be opening fire on right wing groups in public. People would be like, shut up. That is crackpot level derangement, they would say. It can't happen here. How many times have people said it can't happen here? And time and time again, they're proven wrong. It's literally happening now in front of our faces. We are at the point where the government is telling us, at least in New York, National Guard will replace private sector medical workers that we terminate. You know how things work in North Korea? Everybody joins the army and then they are the ones doing civic duties and and, and public service. So when we get to the point where you don't have private sector doctors, you have National Guardsmen. When you have massive uh, investment firms buying up properties, and that's happening, we're getting dangerously close to Chinese-style communism. And you know, it's funny, because I think the Democrats are 100% on board with it. They're authoritarians. They lie. We had an economist on the other day. You know I love this metric. We had Robert Murphy. He is a, a PhD economist. And I said, is the economy good? And he went, no, no, <laughs> no, like almost as if it was a stupid question to even ask. Look at the polling data. Democratic voters say it's good. Independent voters and Republicans say it's not good. Why? Democratic voters live in a crackpot conspiracy world where they just follow the piper. The Democratic establishment tells them what to do and they do it. They say jump. The Democratic voters say how high. Independent voters and Republicans are the ones saying, nah, yet still you get many independent voters still voting Democrat and you get Democrats just blindly following the lies in the media to the point now where you can literally have the governor of New York come out and say that the vaccine comes from God who delivered these workers to make it for us and that we must have National Guardsmen or foreign workers coming in to displace those we will terminate who refuse to undergo this medical procedure. If I would have told you three years ago, even 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 three years ago under Trump, as crazy as it was that we are headed in this direction, people would still not believe me. If I said in 2020 there would be a pandemic, the government would shut down the economy, there would be major shortages, fuel shortages, labor shortages, the government would start printing money like crazy, that the Federal Reserve, that the the the, the reserve requirements for loans from banks would be removed. The M1 money stock would be dramatically increased, that restrictions on savings accounts would evaporate overnight, and the money supply would have trillions upon trillions dumped into it. People would be like, I don't believe you. It can't happen here. But you know what's funny is we often believe that when it comes to some kind of major crisis or apocalyptic scenario, that the frogs in the pot will be snapped out of it and jump out of the pot like, whoa, something crazy is happening. But even as rapidly as we are watching the systemic collapse in front of our faces, as, as quickly as happening, I, people are still saying it can't happen here. It was great. The other day on, uh, on, on the IRL podcast, check out, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if you guys like the, or if you listen to Timcast IRL, which is the conversational podcast I do, check it out. 
Um, it's, 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 there's no monologue. I mean, this is just like a 20 minute monologue for me, but that show is more conversational. But the other day, you know, Ian, who is uh, on the show said he doesn't think there would be a civil war or secession because it can't happen here. It's just, it's a fantasy. It can never happen. And I'm just like, okay, look, we've got Texas talking about independence, New Hampshire. We've got the, the, the state, the Jefferson state, uh, state of Jefferson movement, you know, or counties in Oregon want to secede from Oregon, join Idaho. So, so we're, we're seriously facing some weird moments here. But Ian tells me, he's like, New Hampshire is not going to secede, right? I think it's like five or six reps in New Hampshire are in favor of a bill allowing the state to vote on seceding from the union. And there's like several hundred reps in New Hampshire. So I'm not convinced that this will go anywhere for the time being. But Ian said it can't happen here. And I'm like, Ian, like Donald Trump was the president. People are shooting each other in the streets still to this day. We had a guy shot and killed in Portland. And now over the past couple of weeks, there have been shootouts. Apparently they arrested the guy who just starts wildly shooting into the streets. With You've got groups of Antifa pointing rifles at a dude in a truck. It can't happen here. Are you paying attention? Now you got the government talking about deploying the National Guard to displace the workers they fire who won't undergo a medical procedure. It can't happen here. It is literally happening here right now. We are watching it happen. You know, I, I watched this uh, this video. I, I, you know, we have the we have this the green room for our guests. It's downstairs, and so throughout the day, I'll go down there, and there's snacks, and there's a bar, and you know, that's where the staff hangs out and stuff like that. And they were playing this video from I think it was Vsauce. You guys know Vsauce. He was talking about the perception of time and how we view history and things like that. And it was interesting because it's something I've often talked about that we view history through a condensed lens that we have this warped perspective on what time is. One of the interesting things is that he was like, when we think of Ronald Reagan, we imagine an old man. When we think of Marilyn Monroe, we think of a young woman. Why? Well, because Marilyn Monroe died. And But what about when Ronald Reagan was a young man and he was an actor? And people certainly remember those days, right? To us, as we go through history, we look back in the history books and we see Ronald Reagan as an old man. And we see Marilyn Monroe as a young woman. And so we have this view of them as young or old. One of the points he makes is that we have this image of the Queen of England as this really old woman, Marilyn Monroe as a young woman, yet they were both born the same year. But that's fascinating. Nobody imagines the Queen of England as this young woman because she's old today. What point I'm getting at is we look at history through a condensed lens. We read about the Civil War. We read about these, these, the, the Revolution. And the American Revolution was over 20 years. 20 years the American Revolution was taking place. Civil War was about five, but there was a lot leading up to it. And so in the American Revolution, you have like these moments where they're like the battle for Bunker Hill and and the Boston Massacre and the Tea Party. And it's like, you know, those were like far apart from each other. You know, like it when we view history, we're like, Paul Revere Road, and then X happened, and then Y happened. And we imagine, we imagine it like the revolution, all these major moments happened in the span of a month, and then fighting broke out. When in reality, it was like there was rebellion in the con- col- uh, colonies for like a decade, for like, for like a decade. And we didn't have a constitution for like a decade after we declared independence. It's like, it's crazy how long the fighting went on. So now we take a look at what's going on in the United States with secession with with the, the overt authoritarianism, despotism on the rise. I mean, the National Guard driving buses and stuff, people don't understand. They're like, oh, but that's what the National Guard's supposed to. No, the National Guard does provide support. Sure, civil support in emergencies. 
But yo, it's been almost two years. We're not talking about like a a fire happened and the National Guard comes in to provide infrastructure. We're talking about two years of economic destruction, shortages, labor shortages, wages are being depressed. Now, the media is like, they'll, they'll lie to you and they say, Wages went up by X percent, not telling you that inflation's gone up substantially more than that. And the funny thing is the official inflation number they'll say is like 5.2 percent or whatever. But take a look at the M1 money stock. And it's like, first of all, they changed the rules. So savings now counts as checking. So there's a major spike in money supply, meaning people could go into their savings account and spend it as if it was a checking account. They got rid of, apparently, this is according to Robert Murphy, told us the other day, they got rid of the, the reserve requirements for banks to give out loans, meaning banks can just start printing money like crazy. And then you look at the M1 money stock after the rule change, and it's still skyrocketing. And then you get people like Max Kaiser saying the actual inflation rate is probably around 14%. We are in an absolute state of collapse and fascist takeover. Maybe fascism is the wrong word. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. I think it's funny that the left uses the word capitalism to mean corporatism and the right uses communism to mean authoritarianism. And I'm looking at what's going on. And there's a funny meme. Candace Owen said something like massive private companies buying up all of the houses, you know, using government subsidy is communism. And then all of these leftists were like, she's <laughs> so dumb. That's literally capitalism. And I'm like, you're 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 both out of it. Okay, it is authoritarian takeover. It is state commune capitalism. I don't care what you call it. When when elitists control the money supply and then work between the private and public sector to control whatever they want, I don't care what you call it. It's bad. How about, you know, the left stop acting like the capitalism, call it whatever you want. Crony capitalism, corruption, it's all a problem. Now, I will say there's a lot of ANCAP libertarian types who are, who are the ones that are saying like, you know, private corporations can do what they want. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I don't care if it's the government or a monopoly. Centralized power is bad for everybody. So there's got to be a way to knock down that centralized power and decentralize it. I don't trust the government to do the job. You give the government power and they just use it to empower their buddies and then form these crony capitalist deals like they're doing now. The lucrative merger of corporation and state. I don't have the answers. I can only tell you that witnessing medical workers being terminated, they were heroes. Remember this? They were heroes on the front line in New York, hands on their hips, holding up signs saying, you're you're anti-vaxxer. Now they're being tossed to the gutter. Remember those photos of the nurses standing in the street blocking the the, the anti-restriction protesters? It's amazing to me that at first we had anti-lockdown protesters. 
Now we had anti-maskers. Now we have anti-vaxxers. What's next? Anti-campers? So I think what comes after the vax mandate is uh, the booster mandates, right? First, they said masks. Then they said masks for everybody, masks for kids. Now they're saying vaccine mandate. Now they're saying boosters. Joe Biden got his booster. Did you get yours? Now, when it comes to that stuff, I think it's between you and your doctor. But what happens when they get rid of private sector doctors and start bringing in public sector medics and medically trained National Guard? No longer are you getting a private voice. Ryan Long has a sketch. Just put it out called Trust the Experts. You guys definitely got to check out Ryan Long comedy. And it's a doc, it's a scientist being like, experts agree, you know, we all agree. And then this guy walks in and goes, I'm an expert. I read the data and I've come to a slightly different conclusion. And then he just starts beating the crap out of him. I said, experts agree. Here we are. Watching what's happening in New York should be a gigantic 300 foot red flag flying over the capital of this country. That the National Guard is going to be displacing private sector workers because the government just terminated private sector employees. This is what they're doing. You know, I've heard the stories when Joe Biden said, if you got at least 100 employees or more, you're going to have to, van- uh, you know, mandate vaccines. And then I, you see the post on social media where people's companies are like, Joe Biden said it, so we're doing it. Joe Biden can't rule by decree. You don't have to just blindly follow the president who's ruling by decree. They called Trump a fascist. We are literally watching some form of fascism or authoritarianism sweep across the country. It's happening extremely rapidly. And there are still people who say it can't happen here. My friends, it's literally in front of your face. And it'll get worse. So after the vax mandate, it's the booster mandate, which is still in line with the vax mandate. Okay, so after everyone's get vaccinated, what happens? Well, they keep saying we have to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. We have stories like this from the Daily Mail. Married Michigan couple who were both fully vaccinated but had underlying health conditions die of COVID just one minute apart while holding hands. Well, that's right. The vaccine may reduce the severity. The vaccine may reduce the likelihood that you get COVID, but you can still get it. You can still die and you can still spread it. People are going to be less inclined to get vaccinated when they see stories like this. There will still be people refusing to get vaccinated because I think they're going to make choices for themselves. And what the media doesn't include in their articles, the nuance is that when, you know, or or Joe Biden, when he comes out and says, still 25 percent of Americans won't do the right thing and just get this medical treatment. And I'm like, maybe they went to their doctor and, and were told not to. You did include that in the metrics. Maybe they're making choices based on underlying medical conditions. That's none of your business. So what happens next? Separating the clean from the unclean. The playgrats. We must protect the vaccinated from the playgrats. And that's what you'll get. In Australia, they're doing it. There was a guy sitting outside, took his mask off, smoking a cigarette. The cops came and threw him to the ground and arrested him. And then you get these these sycophantic, um, pathetic losers like the Quillette. You know, I single them out. I, I get the mainstream media in Australia is all, all, all on board with authoritarianism. But if you're going to claim to be for free thought and freedom, at least stand up for it. That's what we get. People are already talking about, you know, quarantine centers and hotels and things like that in the United States. Now, you know, there have been conspiracy theories about camps going back for for decades. I don't know about that stuff. What I do know is if we keep moving in this direction and we have been with increasing, you know, with an increasing uh, exponential escalation, we eventually get to the point where they will say vaccinated only like in New York where people were protesting. 
Sooner or later, it will come to your state by federal mandate. That's when things get spicy. I wonder, will West Virginia fall in line? New Hampshire, I think the answer is actually maybe. Now, New Hampshire's got a lot of free staters, so maybe northern New Hampshire, they're going to be like, get out of here, get, leave me alone. In Florida and Texas, not going to fly. West Virginia, I'm not so confident about. You know, they followed the mask mandates, and a lot of businesses in West Virginia were destroyed because, you know, their, their politicians are dumb. The people of West Virginia love freedom. You know, I, I live in West Virginia, and uh, it's best Virginia. It, it is. They, they broke away from Virginia because they're like, nah, slavery is not all right. And I'm like, that's cool. But in West Virginia, they still said, we're going to decimate our already bad economy. That was amazing to me. You know, I, I talk to people who are saying the economy is in serious danger, um, that our businesses are being destroyed, and West Virginia still decides to start shutting things down. Now, they didn't do it as severely as many other states, but they still had a lot of mandates that Florida, Texas, South Dakota didn't. So I wonder. When these mandates come down at the federal level, who will, will, will reject it? But here's what I think. Texas already said, we're going to do our own suppressors. Screw the ATF. And the ATF said, you can't do that. And they said, too bad. We can do what we want. We're already seeing sanctuary states. We're already seeing calls for independence or secession. If Joe Biden continues on the path he's on, with, with, and, and New York and these other states keep doing these insane things, people are going to start fleeing. Sentiment will, will start... You know, in like Texas, for instance, people, it's going to get more and more red, more and more demanding of freedom and then crazy stuff. No one's willing to back down. And I stated this, you know, years ago, the culture war is not just about pronouns. It's about tribalism. It's about the left saying you're a plague rat. We see it with tribes when they say that tribe is evil and our tribe is good. It doesn't matter if you're good or evil. It just matters that they say it and then they fight. Like when I went to um, Belfast in Northern Ireland and you go to the peace wall and on one side of the wall, it's like Israel and on the other side of the wall, it's like Palestine. And I'm like, what the does that have to do with Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland and, and, and Great Britain and the crown? And, what? and you look and you can see there's leftist causes on one side and right wing causes on the other or whatever you want to call it. And I'm talking to one of the locals and he says, it's just tribalism. If one side says something, the other side says the opposite. If uh, so, so what happens is one side says we we are oppressed people conquered by the British and we we, you know, uh, empathize with the people of Palestine who are under occupation. So the other side says, yeah, well, actually, you know, we're the lost tribe of Israel. So we support Israel. And it's like there's nothing to do with your conflict. That's where we are. It does not matter what the science says, because the left is just like have the steamroller move on through bulldoze everything. It doesn't matter what, what the facts state. When it comes to lab leak, the media is in line with leftist tribalism. They can lie and publish fake news all day, every day. Hunter Biden, laptop story, Russiagate, Ukraine gate. And those of us who are paying attention are watching this saying, well, that's not true. And, and when you say that, what you're basically saying is I defy the order. And so the cult just gets mad. And it's like um, Donald Sutherland that was in Body Snatchers when he points at them and goes, and screams at her because they're indoctrinated. They're in line. They don't care about what's true. They care about the power of their cult and they want to fit in. They are mindless. And the funny thing is, you know, they'll say the same thing about us. The only problem with that logic, we had a guy super chatted us on IRL when he was like, you're as delusional as the people you, you claim to hate. And, and we say the same thing about you. The funny thing is, I'm not a Republican. 
Nevada Republican um, down ticket for the first time this past election. I had, you know, voting for senators, a senator and congressman because I'm like, the Democrats have gone insane. The Republicans I disagree with, but at least they're like America. I don't uh, believe a lot of, uh, you know, I, I get flack from the right. They call me a leftist for, for saying I don't think, you know, I, I don't agree with the mass fraud theories. I think the Democrats just universal mail-in voting, rule changes, the shadow campaign, all that stuff. It's all in the media. I don't think they need fake ballots to, to have better ground game. There's certainly a lot of interesting things, you know, going on with the audits that we can get into. But I get flack from the right. No, I don't blindly just believe whatever I'm told. The right, for the most part, is an eclectic group of people. Still, some people on the right will give me flack, but a lot of them are just like, we'll entertain nuance in these arguments, even if we disagree politically. But the left just blindly believes what the media says, even when the media says things contradictory. That's the funny thing. They, they're, they're sophists who just desperately try to defend the tribe, and they have a machine propping them up. I love it when I saw this article. It said, Joe Biden doesn't have a sycophantic media the way that uh, Donald Trump did. With, with Donald Trump, the right-wing media machine would defend him no matter what. And I'm like, Joe Biden's defended almost entirely by the mainstream media, and Donald Trump was smeared nonstop in the media. This is the game they play. They'll smack you in the face and then point to the right. They'll tell the leftists, you know, Vox.com wrote, there are like 11 million far right, alt right. And there's not, they make it up. But these people just blindly believe it without fact checking. So here's what happens. There's an, there's an audit in Arizona. And I get a lot of people saying, Tim, why aren't you talking about the AZ audit? Well, um, I've got to investigate and I've got to dig through it. And it's complicated. I don't just come out right away and say the tribe has deemed it so, so I will espouse the, I don't do that. You can get that from anybody else. You're not going to get it from me. And if it's hard for me to parse through the data, I don't know what to tell you. Other than I've been looking at it and I got to try and understand it better and maybe need to bring in a guest to do a special segment on TimCast.com to talk about what it means. We've had Matt Brainerd on the show. We've had Steve Bannon. We've talked about a lot of this stuff already, but I don't blindly follow suit. We had Chris Martinson talk about ivermectin. I say I, I disagree. I need evidence. I think people should talk to their doctors. I don't blindly trust the government, but I don't blindly distrust them anyway. either. I need facts. When you have Republicans who are willing to compromise and Democrats who aren't, Democrats who blindly believe what they're told and then contradict the same thing the next day, certainly you can tell who the cult is. But it's pointless. And I've been saying this since 2017, 2016. I've been saying forever. You think you're right? We think we're right? It doesn't matter. If they think they're right and they refuse to see reason, the only thing we can do is prepare to protect ourselves. Because now it's vaccine mandates. What's tomorrow? They're quite literally saying, if you want to work anywhere, you've got to get a medical procedure. What comes after that? I hope you're seriously paying attention to this because all these people, we've had people on the show be like, I don't think anything's going to happen. I'm like, what do you mean nothing's going to happen? It's happening. But whatever, man, I'll do my thing. You do yours. All right. If you, if you, you, I think we should uh, be building culture. We should be taking care of ourselves. Homesteading is really, really smart at this point. That's why land is, is, wow, man, people are getting off of fiat. This is the craziest thing. The stuff I've been hearing, people buying massive property sight unseen. There's property where like two years ago, it was worthless. Like it's a couple hundred grand for massive acreage now going for a million bucks because people are just buying it sight unseen. Rich people are getting away from cities. We'll see how that plays out. All right. I won't keep this one too long. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. 
Afghanistan was an absolute disaster. Leaving Afghanistan was the right thing to do. It is not the same as South Korea or Germany or Japan. Afghanistan was a failed nation building project. It was supposed to be get in, get out, stop the terrorists. Today, we heard from several military leaders, notably Mark Milley. They said they warned Joe Biden, if you pull the troops out, Afghanistan will fall to the Taliban. Joe Biden lied. He claimed he had no warning. He didn't know. Yeah, well, we also have leaked information, which came out a while ago, that the president of Afghanistan has, was begging Joe Biden for air support. So what really happened? Well, right now, I can't tell you. I can say perhaps the top brass of the military is throwing Biden under the bus, blaming him, saying, hey, we warned him. Don't look at us. Many on the left will blame Donald Trump, saying that, well, you know, look, Trump, it was his plan to withdraw. There's a big difference between getting our troops out and abandoning an Air Force base in the middle of the night, letting the Taliban sweep through the country and take over, and then lie about the warnings you received from your top military brass. Will there be accountability? Of course there won't be. Now, forgive me for being frustrated by this, because we got news that Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller is the one who is being sent to prison and isn't, well, okay, I'm sorry, let me slow down, to the brig. Pre-trial court, we'll see where this goes. I believe he will, uh, hopefully he will be, I believe, I want to believe Scheller will be released. But isn't this how it goes? The crooked elites, the despots, they break the law, they throw someone else under the bus, and they get away with it. And who's going to prison? The one guy who had the, who had the, the balls to get up, go on, uh, go on social media and say, this is wrong. You know, there's a lot of people, I guess, who uh, who served. There's a lot of people who served in Afghanistan, and they're they're watching what's happening, and they're just all the work they did to end, you know, this this terror state for nothing. Now, Afghanistan's a bit uh, out, out of the news in this regard, but you know, to see that this guy, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, is is the one who is being taken to military prison at military base camp Lejeune. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong in North Carolina. I just you know, it makes me want to punch the monitor in front of me because you know we see this kind of stuff all the time. And I'm sure all of our good democratic socialist friends feel the exact same way when you see some fat cat corporation decimate the environment. And then what happens? Slap on the wrist. There's that meme that goes around. If the penalty for a crime is a fine, it's only illegal for the poor. And it's true. Joe Biden, in my opinion, was criminally negligent with what happened in Afghanistan. Now, at a certain point, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm, I, I want to give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt and in and, and, and talking about what went down with Afghanistan, the troops, the loss of life. And then you learn about the choices they made, the advice they defied. Now, hold on there a minute. You know, you may be saying, what, Tim, you want to keep troops in Afghanistan? No, absolutely not. But I would prefer it if Joe Biden didn't lie. Perhaps Joe Biden could have come out. Anyone in his administration could have come out and said, look, we are being warned that if we pull these troops out, the Taliban will take over. I don't know how we tell the people of Afghanistan to be responsible for themselves other than you must defend your way of life. Perhaps Joe Biden could have been honest with the American people. Instead, we could just sit back and watch as the, the, the regular folk, the working individuals, the, the, not the elites, they're the people who are getting thrown under the bus. 
Now, I will say, to be fair, the military is definitely throwing Biden under the bus. Sure, because maybe they're expecting a 25th Amendment and Kamala Harris becomes president. But here's the news from Axios. The top military leaders confirmed media reports that they recommended the U.S. keep 2,500 troops in Afghanistan and that they believe withdrawing those forces would lead to the collapse of the Afghan military. Biden denied last month that his top military advisors wanted troops to remain in Afghanistan, telling ABC's George Stephanopoulos, no one said that to me that I can recall. Hey, you know what? Maybe Joe Biden was telling the truth. He couldn't recall it because our president is an old sack of potatoes. Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley, who I am no fan of, and the head of U.S. Central Command General Frank McKenzie declined to discuss specific conversations with Biden, but told Congress it was their personal opinion that the U.S. keep 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. Milley stressed in his testimony, I am required and the military commanders are required to give our best military advice, but the decision makers are not required to follow that advice. The Pentagon's top leaders have come under intense scrutiny over the series of disasters that followed the U.S. exit. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Milley and McKenzie are testifying before Congress for the first time since the withdrawal. They say highlights on, on the Caddick evacuation. Austin said in his opening statement, that military leaders began planning for a non-combatant evacuation of Kabul as early as the spring, and that this is the only reason U.S. troops were able to start the operation so quickly when the Taliban captured the city. Was it perfect? Of course not. On abandoning Bagram, Austin told senators that keeping Bagram, the center of U.S. operations in Afghanistan for two decades, would have required an additional 5,000 troops and provided little value for evacuation efforts. Staying at Bagram, even for counter-terror purposes, meant staying at war in Afghanistan something the president made clear he would not do. Talk about lies. They turned the lights off in the middle of the night. They didn't tell the Afghan military. And looters came. An empty military base wouldn't have provided anything. Are you kidding? You were flying people out of the country. But we would have needed to stay at war. You know, they want it. They want the war. They want us to be punished. They want to say, you want to get out of war, then we're going to make it as painful as possible. So you never forget as much human suffering as they can muster. So that in the future, they'll say, we can't have another Afghanistan. We got to increase the troops in whatever country it is that these these individuals, I won't swear, want to invade next on the collapse of the Afghan security forces. We helped build a state. But we could not forge a nation. Now, that's that's true. The fact that an Afghan army, that the Afghan army, we and our partners trained simply melted away in many cases without firing a shot took us all by surprise. It would be dishonest to claim otherwise. Yeah. You built a state, you couldn't forge a nation because you need shared stories and cultures to forge a nation, not occupation. And that's what it was. It was a military occupation. The people who grew up there, many of these kids, you know, 18, 20 years old, they don't remember a country outside of American occupation. They have no stories of triumph. They have stories of defeat. And so what do you get? Well, the resistance was the Taliban. Yeah, the, 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 the theocrats, the, fascist, the fascistic theocracy. They're the ones who are telling great stories of state, you know, defeating the great empires of the past. They were the ones who were telling the youth, we've defeated the Russians, we've defeated the British, and we will triumph over the Americans. And that was the rallying cry. They couldn't forge a nation. But let's be real. Melting away of the Afghan security forces was because the U.S. pulled critical infrastructure. Many of these brave men and women in Afghanistan did fight. There is a video of Afghan commandos running out of ammo and then being summarily executed by the Taliban while they surrender. 
That's what the Taliban is. That's why they're bad, because they execute those who surrender. They don't take prisoners. They're they're theocratic. They are dogmatic, authoritarian. And for all those reasons, that is no excuse for the U.S. There's no there's no reason to be over there. But certainly, I believe the withdrawal could have happened. It could have happened on time and it could have happened in a way that didn't result in the collapse of the state, because, sure, we could have pulled out our military, but we could have kept in logistics. We could have told them, you need to come and secure Bagram Air Force Base. The U.S. didn't do that. Donald Trump wanted to get us out. I respect it. I do. But to pretend that this was Trump's plan when Trump isn't even in office, to ignore the fact that military advice was ignored, albeit I'm not a fan of the advice they're giving. Maybe it's true. Joe Biden lied, defied that, and I think he just wanted to burn it to the ground. He wanted the Taliban to come in. Why? It's perfect. Now in 10 years, when the Taliban, with all of our weapons, starts in fighting with Pakistan or whatever, oh, oh no, oh, we got to send in more troops. It'll be like ISIS all over again. They say on the Trump-Taliban peace deal, Millie and McKenzie both testified they believe the Doha agreement negatively affected the morale of Afghan soldiers, as well as their ability to conduct operations. On Russian bases, in Central Asia, Austin denied the U.S. has asked Vladimir Putin for permission to use Russian military bases to launch counterterrorism operations against targets in Afghanistan, but confirmed that Millie was seeking clarification and an offer from Putin concerning the issue. They're going to say the Pentagon's top leaders have come under intense scrutiny. This we understand. Well, let's talk about the one guy. He's not the only one, but one, one guy, at least, willing to stand up and demand accountability, and they're locking him up. The Daily Mail reports, a U.S. Marine who was relieved of his duties and later resigned after he publicly criticized the U.S. chaotic pullout of Afghanistan last month is being held in military prison, according to his father. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller gained notoriety in August when he released a public video ripping into the hasty withdrawal of U.S. troops and personnel from Afghanistan, leaving the country to fall to the Taliban. After several of his videos went viral, his superiors banned him from posting on social media. But the Marine continued to do so before handing in a letter of resignation on October th- I'm sorry, on August 31st, the final day of U.S. occupation of Afghanistan. On Monday, his father revealed that the former lieutenant colonel has been sent to, the, to military prison known as the Brig, where he is being held as he awaits a military hearing for breaking the gag order set by his superior officers. The Marine Corps later issued a statement confirming Stuart Scheller Sr.'s claims that his son has been imprisoned awaiting a military hearing and did not confirm how long he has been held, but insisted he would receive a fair trial. Now speaking exclusively with the Daily Mail, Scheller Sr. discusses his son's plight. Quote, it's outrageous. Our son is a warrior. He has been a Marine for the past 17 years, highly decorated and perhaps considered in the top 1% of the Marine Corps officers. He could not stand by and could not fathom the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. He was asking for accountability, honest answers and confessions of mistakes that were made. They have turned their backs on him. They have tried to shut him up with a gag order. And when that didn't work, they have, they, they have put him in jail. It's shameful. That's what this country has become. The crooked elites, they purge the military, they purge the police. They ignore their responsibility in all of this. And Joe Biden just keeps coasting along as he's always done. One of the most corrupt people this country has ever known. People say that we are in dire straits today, that the the country has fallen. I'm sorry, it fell a long time ago. It has just been a slow moral decay. Forgive me for being a bit pessimistic in this segment. I just 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 hearing that this is the guy that they're going to lock up. Hillary Clinton can destroy public records. We can see the, 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 the destruction 
of the environment. And whenever that stuff happens, it's always just a, oh, well, you know, you know. Yeah, we know. It's a big club and you ain't in it. It's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with. That's the George Carlin statement. And so I hear a story about some, some uh, an officer. He makes a video and he says, hey, we need accountability. How did this happen? How did these soldiers die? And they're like, lock them up. Shut up or you're going to prison. Meanwhile, Mark Milley comes out and says, I'm so heavily focused on white rage. That's the leadership we get. You know, I am frustrated by all of this to hear, but maybe I shouldn't be. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. They say Scheller Sr. went on to tell the Daily Mail the pressure applied to his son by the USMC goes against the military outfit's code by which Marines are expected to abide and declared the Corps couldn't could have handled his case drastically different in a, in a drastically different fashion. The question is, is the treatment by the administration and military leadership towards our son justified? They didn't like what he has said or what he is asking for. So they locked him up. Pressuring, intimidating, shaming and imprisoning our son is not justified. The USMC expected him to be honest, intelligent, courageous, and to fight for his fellow service members. That's what he's doing. This is expected of him and his fellow Marine officers and enlisted men. And he was asking for the same from his leaders. But all he has received in the last 30 days for asking for accountability is pressure from the US, United States Marine Corps leadership. They do not like being held accountable, and therefore they have silenced him and put him in jail. The leadership could have answered Stewart's Stewart's call for accountability in the first 24 hours versus essentially firing him. They could have met with him to reach common ground and made public statements regarding the Afghanistan exit. I've had Vietnam veterans contact me applauding him for his courage because they want to know, was it all worth it? On Monday, Captain Sam Stevenson, spokesman for Training and Education Command, issued a statement on Scheller's imprisonment. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller Jr. is currently in pretrial confinement in the regional brig for Marine Corps installations east abroad, east aboard Marine Corps base, Camp Lejeune, pending an Article 32 preliminary hearing. The time, date, and location of the proceedings have not been determined. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller will be afforded all due process. The hearing is expected to take place on Thursday. Meanwhile, Scheller, Scheller Sr. told the Daily Mail that he's extremely proud of his son for standing up for what he believes in and questioned the stance of detractors who believed his son should have simply followed orders. What, the gag order? That's very different. And perhaps you could argue he had reason to, to state that it was an illegal order. I know I can already hear all the people with, who actually know the US, uh, what is it, the, um, the military justice code, USMJC, what is it called? I don't know. But uh, they're already saying, no, if you're told not to speak, you don't speak. He shouldn't have been speaking up. I've seen the comments already. And I'm like, when you have a president lying to the American people, when you have top brass 
denying responsibility and lying to the American people. Do you just sit there and follow orders? Lawful does not mean right. What what Scheller did was right. Speaking up and saying, what is this? It was the right thing to do. But you know what? We become a nation of just following orders. Good cops, well, they're resigning in larger and larger numbers. Most of them, I'd say all the good cops quit right away. When the riots were out of control, they were like, I'm out. I'm not dealing with this. With the vaccine mandates, I'm not going to enforce them out. Now what's left is the NPCs, the just following order crowd. That's why they're making an example of this guy. They do not want anyone to defy their orders, no matter how wrong, corrupt, crooked, or even illegal. They need you to just blindly follow the orders. And hey, here's the best part. When it comes down to it, it's your fault. That's how it'll work. All of these people, all of these cops who think they can go around shutting down small businesses, the National Guard servicemen and women who think that they can come in and lock down neighborhoods because they're just following orders and they're lawful. Do you think that in the end of all of this, regular people will say, oh, I I don't blame them. They were given orders and they were told they were lawful. Or do you think people are going to say, you sold us out. You condemned us to tyranny. Now we hold you accountable. If anybody who's in the military who goes along with with corrupt plans because they're told that they're lawful is going to find accountability at some 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 point. And I, that could be administrative for sure, or hopefully not. It could be in, 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 in total chaos. I hope that's not what happens. But you look at what's happening with the states and uh, um these two distinct cultures that we have in this country, and it really feels like we are headed towards some kind of collapse. And I'll tell you this, Mark Milley, he better hope and pray that uh, it doesn't come to that because, you know, he's, he's, he's the woke general. He betrayed this country, contacting China. That's, that's the other thing, too. This guy, Mark Milley, he defends his call with China. His secret China calls insists he wasn't trying to undermine Trump. He didn't tell Trump about it. He says, you know, I knew Trump didn't want to attack China, so I I reached out to them. And uh, yep. Mark Milley called China and told them, don't worry, we won't won't attack you. At a time when we are trying to posture and say, if you press in the South China Sea, we will press back. He said, don't worry about it. We won't attack you. So what did China do? Started sending boats near, uh, uh, well, they've been sending boats near Hawaii sending boats near Alaska saying, hey, it's all international waters. We can do what we want. That's what happens when you, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs calls China and says, don't worry, we're not attacking you. And we'll give you notice if we do. That's carte blanche to China. That's Mark Milley. Honestly, I don't think anyone will be held accountable. Let's be, let's be real. You know, Joe Biden lies. Democrats defend him. They don't care. Media defends him. They don't care. They say, we're telling the truth. You're the liar. And it's mind blowing to me that I can read Axios. Axios will say Joe Biden lies. And then I can say Joe Biden lies. And I'll say Tim Pool's lying for accusing Joe Biden of lying. It's amazing. They, it's almost like these Democrats don't actually watch the news. They watch smackdown videos from leftist personalities who hate the right. So their opinions are based on people just saying the right is wrong, even if the right is right. That's what they do. You know, here's a question. Comment below. Let me know. What are some high level philosophical and political leftist podcasts? Yeah, having a hard time. There's a lot that uh, are, are opposed to the leftists and the woke cult. There's tons. 
Joe Rogan may be economically left, but he's certainly at odds with all of this. And then you go down the line and the top podcasts are like Ben Shapiro and Turning Point. Where is the rational conversation from the left? Oh, sure. There is several personalities I could name right now. They make snark content. Kyle Kalinske's all right, I guess. Crystal Ball is pretty good. You look at some of the most prominent YouTubers and podcasters and streamers, and it's all just snark content, making fun of other people. One one channel, all they do, they seem to do is just make fun of people they don't like. Isn't even not even seemingly people who aren't even on the right. That's where we're at in this country. So you can get someone like Mark Milley, who can call China and give them advance warning. No accountability. You can get a guy who posts a video saying, I want accountability for the top brass that botched everything. And what do we get? He goes to prison. Mark Milley admits in this, this, this testimony that he did warn China or he did tell them, don't worry, we're not going to attack you. And if we do, you'll get advanced notice undermining everything the U.S. military operations were, were trying to accomplish, leaving us with the only option to actually attack China, almost like he wanted it to happen, because think about it. China says, oh, they're not going to attack us. Then we'll keep pressing and we'll press further. We'll press harder than they have been. So what do we do? Millie issues a warning saying, hey, we're going to attack you. But then what? We've already given them the, the Pacific. They've already realized that everything they're doing will result in no retaliation. And he admits it. He will not be held accountable. Joe Biden will not be held accountable. It's Stuart Scheller who gets to go to prison for all this. This is what what leaves me extremely pessimistic about, you know, what's going on in this country. Where's the accountability? Sometimes, rarely, but this is the way it goes. Everybody knows that the, 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 the elites get away with it and they throw someone under the bus. Even with the Durham report, they're going after that one lawyer guy, the one lawyer guy no one cares about. They're not going to go after anybody of real power. They won't do it. And so the, the, the crooked get crooked, the crooked win, and we get to sit back and watch. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.